Welcome, Black Kings and Queens, to Black Mind Chronicles. I'm your host, Chase Jackson. This podcast is a journey into the questions, stories, and mindsets of Black men and women on the topic of mental health and mental illness. We all often talk about so many things, but the one thing that matters, our own well-being. So let's dive in and start that conversation. Before we begin, I want to thank the listeners who have downloaded and shared this show. I also want to thank those who are overseas who have also caught on to the show. Thank you all, and it means a lot that you're listening. My guest for this show is Taryn Castaneda Gonzalez. Taryn is licensed as a master social worker and is currently obtaining her license in clinical social work, and she hopes to one day open her own practice. She graduated with her bachelor's and master's in social work at Stephen F. Austin State University, Axum Jacks. She is also a certified therapist in cognitive behavioral therapy and cognitive processing therapy. Currently, she is a social worker in a hospital working with a passion on geriatric trauma and supportive care units. She has worked in hospice and nursing homes and healthcare clinics where she saw the obstacles and lack of resources for individuals who have mental health diagnosis. Ladies and gentlemen, Taryn Castaneda Gonzalez. Hey, hey, hey. Taryn, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. All right, so I want to dive into our discussion highlights. So we're going to talk about the lack of resources for those with mental health diagnosis and talk about your experiences being a white counselor counseling people of color and black people uh, specifically. So, Taryn, let's start with the first outline, lack of resources for those with mental health diagnosis. So from an article I pulled from USA Today, there's a quote that says, the mentally ill who have nowhere to go and find little sympathy from those around them often land in, often land hard in emergency rooms, county jails, city streets. The lucky ones find homes with family. The unlucky ones show up in the morgue. Right. But honestly, that's just the reality of kind of where we're at in today's society with mm-hmm. mental health. Um, you know, more than half, you know, of the adults with mental health in the U.S. does not receive mental health treatment. Um, and there's a lot of variables of why, um, and especially, you know, with in, in the black community, too. I, I've seen it a lot. Um, there's a reluctance, you know, and inability to access that mental health services. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, there's just a lot of variabilities and, you know, where they're unable to obtain those resources. So second quote or second article I looked up said that more than half of the adults with mental illness in the U S don't receive mental health care treatment. Absolutely. And, and, and honestly, that's just reality. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, from, I get a lot of my, educational information from a NAMI, which is National Alliance on Mental Illness. It's your kind of my go-to on things. And so, you know, I was kind of reading up on it and approximately, you know, 30% of African-Americans adults with mental illness receive treatment each year compared to the U.S. average of 43. Hmm. And that's a, I mean, that's a big, a big chunk, right? Yeah. Um, and so you have to ask why, like why, why why are they not getting the help that they need, you know? Um, and so a lot of the main reasons for it, it could be 
you know, kind of just mis misdiagnosing. They don't even know w- what's going on. They don't even know if they need help. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the social economic factors is a big part of it. Um, insurance policies not offering like mental health coverage. Mm-hmm. A lot of it shows health coverage, but you know, if you try to go to a mental health specialist. They're like, oh, hey, your insurance does not cover that. It's just your physical health. And that's something we talked about about last, I think in my last episode, where, you know, currently I'm new to adulting out here. So having to check right. insurance policies is, is something new. You know, what, yeah. what exactly does your insurance cover? Or do you know um, everything that it yeah. encompasses or what it doesn't? That's just as important as knowing you have insurance. Yes, Absolutely. And a lot of it we don't, right? When we decide a job, we're just excited to get a job, right? So we're just like, all right, cool, I got insurance, and we keep it moving. But in reality, you know, it is really important to be like, okay, what is in my insurance policy? What does it cover? What does it not cover? But it kind of, you know, obviously when we think about insurance, we think of health insurance, we think about our physical health, we think about dental, we think about eye exams, but never once do we portray or like think about oh what about our mental health like that's just not comes to people you know part of the brain which that's part of the problem mm-hmm. right like we just we just kind of just dis dis it yeah, that's one of the last things we don't we think, think about a, right exactly exactly and a lot of sometimes the physical stuff is from our mental health right Right. Um, especially people who deal with depression. Um, we have a lot of physical symptoms from being depressed. It could be an underlying emotional distress. So it's important to ask about it and to, to figure out, okay, if it doesn't have mental health, you know, what does my job, does our, like, does job offer that type of help, depending on what time of line of work you're in. Um, I'm fortunate enough, the job that I have, I have about, I say they give us six, to seven free therapy sessions mm-hmm. and then after that they'll half it you know they'll give us some type of like discounter if it's maybe not maybe be as expensive but unfortunately a lot of people don't have that access to it no. but at least, at so, least it's nice to know that they mm-hmm. have options or the insurance companies are working with you right right exactly so the, the you know a lot of the people who go to these clinics who may offer free services mm-hmm. Part of where I was in um, the East Texas, Luskin, in Nacogdoches, you know, we offered, you know, a lot of close to free services, if not free services, depending on what you qualify. Mm -hmm. So with that, there were so many people on that list that I had like 80 to 100 people on my caseload. In reality, I was only really needed to have 30 to 40, but so many people needed help, but there's just, there was just a lack of us, right? So that... That was another thing, a burnout of the type of services that they were getting, um, the quality of, that they were getting, because there were so many people that needed those services, if that makes sense, you know? I didn't, I didn't know that it was that bad, actually. 80 to 100 cases per person? Well, no, no, 80, yeah, per, per therapist or per, you know, per clinician, mm-hmm. depending on where you were. But yeah, you know, because... Usually, you're supposed to maybe ethically see four to five people a day because, I mean, therapists need kind of a break as well, but just so y'all can focus on that quality and then you have time to research, you have time on that. Um, but the way the demand was, I was seeing, you know, about seven, eight people that they showed. You know, some of them didn't show, but if they all did show, it's seven, eight people a day. And technically, you're supposed to see them once a week or every two weeks. 
but if you have a full caseload, if you have a full 60, 70 people because they needed that, it was really hard to meet that criteria. So mm-hmm. some people will go months without seeing their doctor for refills or months without seeing a caseworker. And a caseworker, that was a lot. They had so much on their plate, 300 to 400 cases. And they was, some of them, well, actually, you know, for my, oh, some of them um, saw maybe every three to six months. Mm-hmm. So they weren't really, it was just a check-in. They weren't really getting quality services, though, right? They were just like, oh, your meds working, breathing you, okay, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> like, it just was because there were so many people that needed help. Wow, just you like know, and we need the high demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a lot that I saw in it as well. So I did some other research and I came across an article that said, you know, there are 10 times more mentally ill patients in jails and prisons than in mm. state hospitals. Mm. Um, that kind of yeah. surprised me. You know, not everybody who's in jail is, isn't exactly in the uh, right mindset, you know? Right. Right. Um, but unfortunately that that's true. Um, so, you know, going back to what I said, you know, I, I go to, NAMI, um, the website, and, you know, and, and the mental health crisis, you know, people are more likely to encounter police and, and then to get to medical help. Um, as a result, a, a 2 million people with mental illness are booked in jails each year. Nearly 15% of men and 30% of women are booked into jails have a serious mental health condition. And that is just mind-blowing, but that's just the nature, nature of this this reality and unfortunately um because of the lack of resources mm-hmm. because they may be not feel comfortable of getting help a lot of them result to whether committing crimes or alcohol abuse or you know committing crimes to get them into prison and they don't understand why they're doing the things that they're doing um is that, until they realize it, it's probably too late because, you know i mean sometimes the police don't understand what's going on in that person's situation so you know, the, exactly. the police are taught to defuse the situation but they don't always understand that this person you know isn't in their right mindset or there's actually something in their, going on in their right mind right or if they do realize in their right mind they don't know where to put them because there may be there may not be a system in place in the community mm-hmm. where hey like um, this person, you know, is unstable. Something's going on, and it's not drug related. I mean, what's because a, a lot of people are like, oh, they're just on drugs. Mm-hmm. But there's, an, but a lot of the times, it's an underlying reason of no, something ain't right. Like something's going on. So you have kind of a dilemma. Some, you know, on one hand, the police are, you know, they may be un, like, they may not. There's a lack, there's lack of knowledge there, mm-hmm. right? And their go-to is like, oh, they're, they got to be on something. We got to lock them up, right? right. Um, even if they do know something's going on, what do we do? Where do we where do we put them? Where do we send them? We don't know where to send them because sometimes a lot of the, the communities or towns may not have a system in place to help people with mental illness. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's, ugh, it's unfortunate, but that's just kind of where we're at. Understood. All right, so I'm going to take a quick pause for an ad break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's Better H-E-L-P. But what is BetterHelp? BetterHelp is an online portal that provides direct-to-consumer access to behavioral health services. The 
Online counseling and therapy services are provided both online as well as through text messages. BetterHelp will help assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can start communicating in just under 24 hours. You can log in to your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. There's a special offer for Black Mind Chronicle listeners. Our listeners get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash blackmind. So studies do also show that people have more aversions to going to mental health therapists because sometimes they feel that those doctors discriminate. Um, yeah. Some are declining. So some doctors would, they say, would decline to accept minority patients more often than non-minority patients. And at the same time, people mm-hmm. are less likely to seek help if they think mm-hmm. their doctor, one, can't understand them or empathize yeah. with them or emphasize with their background or cultural differences and experiences. So, yeah. And yeah, I saw a little bit of that. And I think you see a little bit of that in the rural mm-hmm. communities to be fair, because since there is a lack of resources, you know, it's limited of who has those positions and, you know, right. some, you know, there is a lot of more white doctors or therapists. And, mm-hmm. and so there's, there's that culturally incompetence or just that lack of understanding each other. Mm-hmm. So on one end, you know, the patients or people who need to seek help, they're like, dude, I don't, I don't know. I feel weird about it. Sometimes they don't make it feel like welcoming mm-hmm. either, you know, for them to be like, Hey, come on, I'm not going to judge. You know, I, I've seen both sides of that. And, and so it's completely understandable um, of like, hey, it, it, this person doesn't seem like, you know, they're kind of short with me or you're thinking, oh, a lot of the times, you know, I saw one, for example, when I was a, a doctor was like, oh, he, this guy's just on, on drugs. You know, I, I'm not going to prescribe anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's just he's on crack or something. But I'm like, you want would you say that to a white person? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because I've, you know, I've heard him say, hey, like, because of what they went through, that's probably why they're on drugs. Let's try to help them out. But right. why are you saying it to someone who's black? You know, and so I, I I did see a little bit of that. And so I completely understand where people come get help. They are so guarded. Mm-hmm. They're so guarded. Their wall is up. They don't feel comfortable. They're not going to go in there and just, like, shredded like everything vomit like hey this is what's going on with me because they don't know how the other person's going to respond right you know so or i used to see that a lot and you know so so taryn you brought up a really good point that you know some doctors would be more dismissive of black and Mm. minority patients and wouldn't take the time to fully diagnose a person's symptoms or even listen fully listen to their problems you know right Absolutely. But, but I want to talk about your reservations as a white counselor. Um, what reservations yeah. did you have providing services to black men, women, or people of color, period? I just, in the beginning, I was like, I don't want to come across as judgy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just be honest and make them feel comfortable and provide like a safe space that like they're not going to come in and be like, oh my God, this white girl is just going to judge me or she's going to tell me what to do, right? Right. And so how do I come across non-judgmental? And then how do I come across very welcoming and be like, look, I'm here to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I had a little bit of that. And I and I actually, when I started doing it there, I started talking to some of my blackbirds. Hey, like, how should I how should I come across? And I'm like, well, don't come across if you know how they how we feel because you don't. I said, okay, and that really put it in perspective. I was like, absolutely. So you know, some people when you start talking, you're like, oh yeah, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. <laughs> You know, and so I was just really, I had, I just, I had to be very, just tell myself, you got to watch what you say. Right. Right. Um, and I may not meant, and you know, that means it may not meant to come across that, but you have to watch the words. And so that was very important to me. Um, and to understand the culture too. Right. So that, now that is a big deal. Understanding the culture. Yeah, that was a big thing for me was understanding the culture. And so asking, hey, like, how do y'all do with things? You know, asking some of my friends. And I've, you know, I've heard, you know, they're like, we don't really talk about stuff because we weren't raised into it. We were taught not to talk about stuff and make us weak. And I'm like, okay. Right. So my thing was don't make it so forced. Make it so, like, natural on their terms. Like, it's okay to come here and talk. And, you know, and building rapport and having starting to build that work relationship and make it realize like this is on a one-way street like I'm you know I'm here to help you're going to educate me too though you know you're going to help me understand where you're coming from and what your experiences were that's where where everybody can where everybody can grow I like it right and just kind of just being honest Mm -hmm. you know and I one of my one of my approaches were, was just being in the first episode, kind of that elephant, like, hey, and some of them were honest. And they're like, dude, you're white. I ain't going to come talk to you. Mm-hmm. You're a white little girl, you know, and I'm 45 and I'm black. Like, what do we have to relate? Right. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> I said, you're completely right on that. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to act like I'm here to understand, you know, I know exactly where you come from because I don't. But I said, I love, you know, I'm, I'm here to learn. I'm here to get educated. So educate me. In, in that case, how how did you how did you approach or what what worked in that case with such vast a difference? Um, age I and kind of took, to be to be fair, what a lot of people who know me, I kind of I'm, I keep it real, right? So mm-hmm. I call it my keep it real approach, and I was just very honest. Like, yeah, I, I have no idea where you're where what you've been through. No idea, but I here's my thing. I, you tell me like it is, and I'm going to tell you like it is. And I, I want us to have a good, healthy work relationship. But if I say something that's offensive because I don't know, call me out on it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them love that because they're like, all right, I'll call, you, I'll call your butt on that for sure, you know. And just making it conversational more than me telling them what to do, right? right. right. And so building that rapport, but and kind of going back to meaning where they're at, what are their strengths? How do I use what they, what they're good at? Or, you know what I mean? In a perfect example, I had an 18 year old, he's 17, but he was, I mean, I spent weeks with him and he just would not open up. And I always tell them, I'm not going to force you to open up, but you're here for, you know, you're here for a reason. Mm -hmm. And how can I help you? Right. Obviously, what you're doing right now is not working because you're here. So how can I help? And a lot of them, they just, they didn't grow up. If, if my thing is, if you couldn't talk to your family, how, how are you going to open up to someone who is a different color of you, right? Mm-hmm. Different age or different gender. Like, how, how are you going to open up to me, right? If, even if within your family, you don't even open up to them. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them just took time. But uh, one example 
that I <laughs> I had had a breakdown with, I realized he was into he was into rap. He mm-hmm. loved just to rap, and he said he's like I you know I would rap, but I don't want to rap too. I was like okay. I said what about if I rap? just a random song can you rap to me about how you feel he goes you ain't gonna rap I said oh I'm gonna rap I said it ain't gonna be good but I'm gonna <laughs> rap and you know and he was just like all right cool so I just picked a random you know to just rap and he I mean we just laughed because obviously here's a white girl trying to rap to whatever you know and mm-hmm. just not sound right and but we just laughed and you could just tell he became so much more comfortable and so like the walls were coming down and then he started to wrap his emotions, mm-hmm. and it was just really cool to see, like, if you take that time mm-hmm. to build that rapport, to build that trust, something amazing can come out of that, because within, to my thing is, the point of therapy, right, is to get all your baggage to, and to talk about things that you bottled up, but you're not going to do that to a stranger, you know, and so that was important for me to really have that work relationship where they could trust me, where they can come in here and be like, I can tell you my deepest darkest, you know, and become 100% transparent and vulnerable in order to help me be better, you know, and so that was really important to me. Now, I like, um, I like, how, you, was, I like how you broke yeah. down, how you broke down, you know, the walls by showing a little bit of vulnerability in yourself mm-hmm. to make him comfortable mm-hmm. enough. That, that's actually really impressive. I, <laughs> I can see how that could work. I like yeah. That. And, and, but too, and then I said, you have to be careful of that, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you know, we're taught like don't disclose stuff, you okay. know, only disclose until, unless, you know, you think it's going to have a better impact. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that balance I had to find like, okay, how do I, make them understand that I'm here for them, that I, you know, I may not completely understand where they come from, right? but I want to. And so having to be creative in a sense, like I got, I got to put myself out there. How are they going to trust me if I don't, if I don't put myself out there, but I'm making them want, you know, I want them to put themselves out there, right? It has right. to be a fair type of relationship. Right. And so a lot of times that did work, you know? So no. there's there's some that it didn't and, and that was okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, another approach I would do, I'm like, you know what, give me three or four sessions and if it still doesn't work, you call me on it like this ain't working, then let's then mean you can come together and figure out okay, what's the next step. Do I need to try to find you another therapist that maybe is similar to 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 make you feel more comfortable? Mm-hmm. Um so it was a very honest, just very honest, like, look, I understand where you're coming, you know, like, I don't understand where you're coming from, I understand your hesitation mm-hmm. or your reservations, you know, and so just being, my thing was just being honest and making it, making them feel as comfortable as I could. Well, Taryn, I want to thank you for all your, for all your insight and for coming on the show. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I love, you know, mental health is one of, you know, one of my passions. I love talking about it. So anytime. All right. So before I let you go, Taryn, do you have anything to plug? Any social media? Um, so as of, you know, not right now, I have social media on Facebook and Instagram. That's just my personal stuff. You okay. know, Karen and Cassietta. Um, I think in the future, I would like to start with a blog and all that, but one thing at a time. All right. Nope, um, so yeah, you can find me on Karen Cassiana. I've been, lately been trying to post positive quotes once a week um, just to kind of uplift and not just talk about what's going on right now and all that. 
All right. Thanks, Chase. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Black Mind Chronicles. I hope you heard something today that helps put your mind at ease about talking to a licensed professional and to know above all else that you are not alone. This show is produced and edited by myself, Chase Jackson. Subscribe and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Facebook at Black Mind Chronicles and on Twitter at Chronicles Black. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore J92. Until next time, this has been Black Mind Chronicles. <laughs>